0: So we won't do an intermission today, we've got kids in service, so what we're going to do is we're going to spend some time just talking about what baptism is and what it means, Um, and we'll go through it pretty quickly here, and then we'll get to the the main event, which is the actual baptism. So about a year ago at True North, uh, almost exactly in February, January, February of last year, we led a baptism class. Myself and Philip and a couple of the other elders took turns. It was open to anyone, and it was designed for all ages. Um, a couple of my boys were in it. We spent five weeks unpacking much of what we'll cover this morning. We had questions from seven-year-old kids all the way up to grown men and women. It was really a great time for them to ask and for us to share um, so much more about what we're going to see this morning and to really dig into that. So, if you or someone you know in your family or a friend or maybe someone that you know has been contemplating church as a whole, Um, If they're interested in learning more about baptism, or if they're interested in getting baptized, uh, we're going to be doing another one of those classes pretty soon, probably within the next few months here in the spring. Right now we've got our growth class in Christian Basics that Philip's been leading, so we're going to wait until that starts to wrap up uh, so we don't overlap too much, because we have a feeling there's interest from both. Um, But we'll probably announce that next baptism class coming up in the spring, But that was really an awesome time to lay some more of the foundation and answer some more of the questions about what we're going to discuss here this morning. So we're going to witness one baptism. I want to take a few minutes to remind us of why we do baptism the way we do it here at True North Church. And I want to revisit the meaning behind what we're going to see this morning. So we believe that baptism is a visible representation of an invisible act of mercy between a person and the living God. When each person is submerged in the water, that tells us that they believe they have died to their dead, sinful self. And then, when they're pulled back up out of the water, that is a picture of how Jesus gave them new life and pulled them up out of the grave. In that way, the person being baptized is making a statement. They are showing us, in physical terms, what Jesus already did for them spiritually. But the rest of us participate too. We are reminded through our participation that this is what Jesus came in order to do to save sinners. When we see the person being baptized go under the water, we not only understand that they have died to their sin, we remember that Jesus died as well. He went first, and He went for all of us. And when the baptized believer comes back up out of the water, we don't just celebrate because they are saved or because we are proud of them. We celebrate because Jesus came back to life and purchased all of our salvation. Baptism is not a ritual, and it is not only a symbol. It is also a sacrament, or some some of you may have heard it said as an ordinance, meaning that baptism tells us something about God's character, the mystery of his love displayed through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Baptism is the Bible's version of what you may know as the sinner's prayer. This prayer is simply the acknowledgement of a person's sinful heart and the repentance for those sins. It recognizes Jesus as our one and only hope for salvation. Baptism reflects that in this and that we acknowledge our need to be cleansed from our sin and that through Jesus' sacrifice and only through him we are given new life. Baptism is also the original altar call, the original moment of decision. Whereas you and I might walk down an aisle or through a row of pews or between the the circle that we have set up here, a first century follower of Jesus would step forward from a crowd gathered on the banks of a river or on the shore of a sea, and they would raise their hand and say, Jesus saved me too, I am ready to go public. One such story of a first century follower is recorded for us in the book of Acts. It's Acts chapter 8, verses 26 through 39, if you would like to follow along. But I'm just going to read it for us. We won't have it up on the screen. Verse 26. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go to the, toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. And he rose and went. And there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning, seated in his chariot, and was was reading the prophet Isaiah. And the spirit said to Philip, Go over and join this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, Do you understand what you are reading? And he said, How can I, unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of scripture that he was reading was this. Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter. And like a lamb before its shearer is silent, he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. After the eunuch said to Philip, About whom, I ask you, does the prophet say this? About himself? or about someone else. And then Philip opened his mouth and beginning with the scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, "See, there is water; what prevents me from being baptized?" And he commanded the chariot to stop, and they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch saw him no more. And he went on his way rejoicing. As I was reading this story, I just found it so beautiful that it represents so much of what baptism means. It's a beautiful story that captures the obedience, the need for someone else to help, a joyful exuberance, and the power of the Holy Spirit. Philip listened and he obeyed. When the angel said to go south, he listened. When the spirit said, go and join this chariot, he ran. He didn't walk. He was ready. Then he asked such a thoughtful and caring question. Do you understand what you are reading? Do you understand? Even though he was an apostle, he didn't feel the need to tell this guy who he was or impress him with all that he knew. No, he just wanted to share the good news with him. And the eunuch, he was ready as well. After he heard this good news about Jesus, he had no hesitation. The next body of water he saw, it might have even just been a puddle alongside the road, he commanded his chariot to stop. Philip baptized him, and this man went on his way rejoicing. Baptism is also a one-way street. It's a moment of our public confession of faith in Jesus and identification with his death, burial, and resurrection. It, excuse me, in it, we commit to follow Jesus and to renounce sin, self and Satan, along with His works and empty promises. Baptism affirms the power of Christ's resurrection in us and the permanent presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Baptism is also filled with rejoicing, just like the eunuch and Philip. And we will do that today. We will rejoice because it's a joyful experience. We will experience physically what Jesus already did spiritually for us when we are baptized. Finally, the waters of baptism do not save us. The Holy Spirit comes into our life first and allows us to sense God's unwavering love and grace. After we surrender our life to him, baptism is simply a step of obedience and worship to Jesus. Baptism is also intimate to each person. Each person has their own story their own witness to tell, and their own journey with Jesus. It is also corporate. It is deeply meaningful, yet at best, a picture of Jesus' sacrifice. And it is both an act of obedience and worship that we share together. So folks, let's do it. Let's do some baptism. Uh, This morning we have Keena Cross, and she is going to be baptized by Jim Singleton, one of our elders here. And again, if you are a kiddo who wants to get a little bit better view, uh, you're welcome to come up a little bit closer towards the front row.
1: So welcome, family and friends that are here to witness this very special event. I'm so excited, and it's great to see so many people here to be a part of this celebration together. So Keena would like to share with us a little bit of her testimony, her story, as Mike talked about, and so.
2: Hello, okay, that works. Uh, For those of you that don't know me, my name is Keena Cross. I originally had a relationship with God when I was a little girl, most in part due to my grandmother who was a very, very good and loving woman. But when I was a teenager, I fell away from it I struggled with the deaths of loved ones, a forced baptism in a relative's kitchen sink, uh, and not turning to God when I was in pain and hurting. I went through several years of a lot of difficult trials, both in my personal life and my professional life. The lowest being my abusive relationship with my ex-husband. And, but what brought me back to Jesus was my friends. I have really amazing, loving friends that kept telling me that they were praying for me every night. And it's, it's as simple as that, them constantly reminding me that even if I didn't feel it or recognize it at the time, that I was still loved. That no matter how much pain or anguish I felt, how much I struggled to forgive, or the illusion that I was alone. I was never alone. God and Jesus saw me through every tear and at the end they protected me so that I could be kneeling here in front of you today. Uh, So that I could stand here Today, and tell you that Jesus is my Savior. That they saved me. In rebuilding this relationship, I've gotten a peace that I haven't felt since I was a little girl. And to feel that relationship and that love is incomparable to anything else I have ever felt in my life or any relationship that I have. So today, I wanted to make it known that moving forward, my life will be built around them and that I'm going to build a household with them in it so that my daughters and everyone in my family will also feel that and know what it is to have them in your life
1: thank you kina for sharing your testimony with us i have Three questions of affirmation and then we'll go ahead so first you publicly attest that you believe that Jesus Christ is the one and only Son of God yes and you believe that he willingly died on the cross for your sin and for the sin of the world and that he rose again and he lives he sits beside God the Father right now Yes. And you believe and, and you've accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. Yes. Because of your testimony and your faith, I now baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.
0: awesome. Hopefully Violet got to see it all too. She made it back in time, Audrey? She did. Great. <laughs> well, as you saw and heard, that is just uh, another testimony of how um, the Holy Spirit works in our lives. And baptism, again, is just a symbol of that, um, that cleansing and the renewal in Him. But if you, or like I said, somebody that you know is an interest. Um, and, and getting baptized and following that step of obedience. I know sometimes we can be a Christian for a long time, um, and it's just a simple act of obedience that we take. Um, and other times it can be one of the first things that you do after you, after you uh, find salvation in Jesus. So if that's you or somebody that you know, like I said, reach out to uh, one of us as elders or deacons and let us know, and we'll definitely get you in the, uh, in the next baptism. We hope to do these, continue to do these once a quarter, Um, because it's just an awesome celebration. We love doing service this way, and we love being able to hear from everybody in the church and how their testimony and their walk with Jesus is going. So uh, let's just celebrate Kina this morning. She'll be back out in a little bit, and we can uh, give her a hug and congratulate her um, on her awesome baptism. Uh, So for now, uh, we're going to finish up with one more song, but if you would, please join me in prayer, and then we'll uh, move into our final worship. Father God, Lord, I thank you um, for Kena. God, I thank you for the chance to, um, just as a church, witness somebody taking that step of obedience. God, in that act of worship, of um, just following in your footsteps, Lord. You came down, um, and you asked John to baptize you, and uh, you didn't take it lightly, Lord. And so we don't take it lightly, Lord. We thank you for this opportunity to celebrate Kena. We thank you for opportunity to celebrate all those that we've baptized here at True North, Um, And Lord, it is a true celebration to watch the Holy Spirit work in someone's life. Um, And Lord, we pray that you will just continue um, to be with Kena on her walk. Um, It's never promised to be easy, Lord, but you are promised to be with us. And so we thank you for that. We thank you for the love and the peace that we heard from her that she has experienced in you. And we pray that you will grant that to the rest of us um, here at the church and throughout our world, God. That people can see your face and see you working in their lives and know that it is your love and your grace and your mercy that sustains us and sustains them. So, Lord, we thank you for this morning. We pray that we lift up our voices to you in worship as we close out. And we thank you, Lord, for the chance to uh, just to be together as a church and unified in you. In your name, we pray. Amen. Well, amen. I invite you to.